and welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. Today's chat is with Nicola Dussi. When I walked through the door of the Hardware Club, Nicola greeted me like an old friend and revealed that he's a big fan of my podcast and he knew that he was the 202nd conversation I'd had. That made me happy. And I felt happier still, perched up at the bar and hearing all of Nicola's stories of growing up in Verona, doing a stint in a hotel restaurant in Mykonos, and coming to Melbourne. A year ago, he and his friend Andrea Seriani bought the restaurant they have called the Hardware Club. Housed in historic hardware house, they have renovated the space, painted the pillars mustard yellow as a homage to traditional trattoria in Italy, installed a gleaming custom-made pizza oven in the corner of the room, and at the same time made sure the diners who've been coming to the place in its previous incarnation for up to 30 years are still catered for. So thanks for thanks for taking the time. Oh no, of course. I love it. I saw that you spoke to my friend Daniela Tipico. Yes. Yeah, we worked together for like a few years. We okay, used to live it baby or yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We used to live together. Thanks, sorry. I'll give you a call later, okay? We used to live together. We lived in the same house for probably six years. Okay, right. There would have been two chefs together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to work for the same company too, but he was more, he was running the production facility, mm-hmm. the, the Lucas Group, the people that own Ching Ching. Yeah. Uh, they've got this massive production kitchen. They used to, I think they shut it now. Uh, so he was doing all of that. Yeah. Was a baby. Yeah. That was part of an interesting time. Yeah, so you only came here in 2012, did you, to uh, Melbourne? 2010. 2010. From Milan. Verona. Verona, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I read that's somewhere in Milan. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, yeah. the other guy. Yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Um, it's me, uh, Andrea, the, one of the owners at Typico. Yeah. And it's my business partner here. We all come from the same. Okay. Yeah. We all ended up. Yeah. Is that Romeo and Juliet as well? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, nice. That's right. So that's us. What brought you to Melbourne? I came to actually for a like a typical working holiday. I needed a bit of a break from uh, the grind of the hospitality business in Italy, and yeah, I had a bit of a moment where I got involved in. You could say uh, sort of a bad accident on the highway. Okay. So it's like, oh uh, man, I've been just working straight like a madman for like six years now. Yes. <laughs> just maybe, yeah. Maybe so, it's a sign. Yeah. yeah, you know the usual, you know. Yeah. Something happens and then you go, all right, maybe I need to do a bit and a bit. Yeah. I was still young, I was like 24. Yes. But as always, you know, happens with people in the industry, I started working at 15, you know, wow, while okay. I was at school. Okay. You know, so, by the time I was training. Is that something that was in your family or you just, you always just knew you wanted no. to be a chef? Well, that's a, that's a bit of a story too, I think. Uh, Tell me. I think I was, uh, I was, I was doing, you know, studying uh, to that go into university. Uh, and that's what, you know, my parents obviously wanted to push me that way. And um, yeah, I remember I had, a, I had this moment where I was working at the local pizza shop during Friday, Saturday, you know, just to make a little bit of money, pocket money. And I was a very picky eater, always me. I got to the age of probably 
16 that I would only eat like pasta with Napoli sauce. Wow. Sandwiches with like ham. But the ham had to be like tucked in the bread because I, I couldn't bear like the, the like the, the texture of the ham on my tongue. I still remember like now. I still the feeling of going, oh, I don't want to put that in my mouth. Yeah. And then one day I was I went from school straight to work and I was so hungry, I forgot my lunch, I didn't have any money, so I went the whole day without eating, straight to work, and then at the end of the service at the local pizza shop, it was like a slice of pizza with blue cheese and the whole sorts of things on it. I was like, oh my god, I'm just like starving, I really want to, you know, i got to put it in my mouth. And I thought I was going to throw up, and then I thought, oh my god, as soon as I put it in my mouth, I think, oh, this is so tasty and beautiful, you know. Wow, so it wasn't even a flavour thing, it was more of a more texture. Like, yeah, I don't know, I can still remember the feeling of looking at the food, uh, almost any sort of food, and I almost feel like I had a, a, like a plate full of eyeballs in front of me, you know what I mean? Wow, like when you yeah. see it and you go, oh, I can yeah, feel okay. disgusted by it. And then from there I was like, oh my god, this is so amazing. Yeah. And I had a few friends, because basically the, the whole school system is a little bit different in Italy. So you go through high school, you can go, you do professional sort of preparation and high school together. So you study for three or five years and then you can go into a trade. Um, so I, I did that, I was, I was studying, I was already started by what then would have you know, sort of moved me to, towards university, go study or whatever. And then, yeah, I studied for about a year and we met a few people that worked in you know, offices and jobs and stuff like that. And I was like, um, I don't know if I like it. I was always, I was always part of an active kid, you know, hyperactive kid. So it's like, I don't really want to sit in an office all day. And I had this moment and I have a couple of friends that were studying hospitality. I was like, maybe I could try. You know, it was, uh, it was a pretty shocking for the family. I know, I was going to say, everyone would thought that's hilarious. I got home and I was like, mom, I think I want to go study and like be a chef. She got, no joke, like she got the phone, she called my grandmother and she's like, you wanna hear something funny? It's like, yeah, Nicola wants to be a chef. And I could hear my grandmother laughing on the other. So then we drove to her house and that was the running joke for the whole week, Yeah. the whole family. My, my dad was looking at me going, you know, you're all right now. Go back, you know, where you belong. Stop with this thing, you wanna work in the kitchen and all that, but I stuck to it and I'm still at it. Yeah, know? that's so, right. And do you eat everything now? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. I think that's one of the one of the reasons why I sort of love food. Yeah. In a way, I still get moments where I'm reminded for some reason, like I I, I look at Sonny and it looks delicious, but in my head there's still something that says you know you don't really want to. It's for really some reason. interesting. I wonder what that is. Yeah. It's a bit of an instinct. It must be. Yeah. Funny, isn't it? But Because yeah. I had a similar thing. Because I'm, um, I'm a French teacher as well as a writer, yeah. and um, and when I was seven or eight, I was in Tahiti, and, and I'm from from New Zealand, and I'm. And I hadn't heard any French before, and this person spoke French mm. to me, and I was so—I just it's did like, not know what they were. It just goes straight kind of into you. Devil's yeah, language, and I just screamed <laughs> and ran away, and then yeah, and like but it then, stayed with you. But then I've yes, but then I must have like then it's like I've spent my whole life to, trying to overcome that phobia, and I got a PhD really? in French, and no, no. and I'm on French teacher. But I just think it's hilarious. That sometimes our first encounters with something yeah, the can then end up being our life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think. But then also I think it was the fact that I got to experience sort of freedom 
almost a straight away because it's basically you go work during summer season because in Italy yeah. you study for the uh, basically from September to up to the uh, beginning of June mm. and then you've got three months straight where you're off completely mm. from school so yeah. most kids that you know people that starting to get into a trade they will go and work semi full time you know so that you gain a bit of experience yeah uh, so I was always like finish school and I would just go and work somewhere you know for two or three months and I'll be away from the family okay at the age of 16 or 17 yeah. and you know it's people in the hospitality business they're all they don't mind a bit of a party, you know, so you find yourself at 17, 18, surrounded by all these, you know, yeah. mature people, and you go, Jesus, you know, this is like, they look like a pirate crew, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who else, someone else referred to their kitchen crew as a bunch of pirates, can't who that was. Yeah, yeah so it was, uh, it was pretty fascinating to, to yeah. experience that. So just one second. Uh, you, did Arjun talk to you about tomorrow? So then, yeah. um, so you worked in a few different places along the way when you were le- when you were first learning. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So I think all around the same. Uh, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. So the first few experiences were around sort of Verona. Uh, I started in a small ice cream parlor uh, on the way to a ski resort. So it was really busy all the time. So we're churning like tons of ice cream all day. Oh, so it was okay. pretty fascinating. At, like at 15, getting to work with these massive pieces of machinery and all of that jazz. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it went from, from there to to the local sort of Osteria, which is more like the, the, the easy going place where people go for traditional food. Um, and then from there, I sort of, uh, I remember I heard, overheard a conversation. There was a, a, someone sitting at the bar. Um, and they're talking about the fact that they are chefs, and they're working for a consulting company. And then in my head, I, I, for some reason, I never thought that there was a possibility to sort of go internationally travel and do all these experiences, yeah, yeah. right? So it was like, it got in my head and I think, oh man, maybe I can do a lot more than what I'm doing now. I was mm-hmm. probably 19 at the time or 18, 19. So I, I got somehow a hold of, of this guy that was sitting at a bar and shoot him an email and it's like maybe you know if you want some you know, hard-working person to be with you I'll, I'll be happy to to get out there right yeah and we ended up in I ended up in Greece wow. in Mykonos. so okay. he sent me a message and it's like I got a position available for sort of a junior um, sous chef position in, in an hotel okay. in Mykonos in a, in a very like in a luxurious amazing hotel in Mykonos I was like oh, it was pretty intense you know because it's like it go from a small town because we come from a small relatively small town to sort of traveling you know so I had to go home and tell my parents I was like I gotta yeah I wanna travel yeah you know? I wanna try and be out there and uh, see what I can learn and then from there yeah, I came back and through this guy, you knew a lot of people in the hospitality industry in Italy. Mm. Yeah, and I've worked in a couple of really good restaurants in Verona until I think probably the last experience before I left Italy to get here. I was in, in, a, in an amazing two Michelin star restaurant in Vicenza and I was there for probably eight months. Okay. And I loved it. Was it Italian? Italian. It's pretty hard to find anything but yeah. Italian. What about in, in, in Mykonos? Did you? Is it more international food? Or is it yeah, they, they worked with these consultants because they wanted to give the restaurant and the hotel uh, a sort of a Mediterranean oh, yes, nice yeah. feel to it. Yeah. So they had these 
this guy, Gianluca, this executive chef. Uh, he was sort of well versed in Mediterranean cooking, Spanish, and then a bit of you know French here and there. Uh, so that was interesting to sort of, because uh, obviously it was a really good hotel. Um, so the the whole crew was like 15 of us in the kitchen, you know, big team and all of that. So there was a bit of a, a bit of a journey really, because from from the local trattoria to. Absolutely, you've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was amazing. It was yeah. really awesome. Wow, okay. And so then um, you had your accident, you've been working really hard, and then you, yeah. and you decided to come here. Mm. Was it a big culture shock coming to Australia? Um, I think that the, the reason why I came is I wanted to stay for around six months. I came with Andrea, who was a long-time friend and now business partner here. Um, and we thought, you know, we'll stay for six months and then go back and do something else. I had these, uh, the chef at the two Michelin star hotel to reference me for a job that I was going to take in Copenhagen. So I had all everything planned out, you know, to go and travel again. Um, and then I came here and I found all these, you know, I, I wasn't thinking that the hospitality business was so complex and so uh, multi I didn't say, you know, like yeah. the, all these Asian restaurants, all these um, yeah. uh, Spanish restaurants and the good and the good occasional Mexican restaurant and all of that. So I thought, and the traveling too, because uh, I did uh, probably a couple of months at the end of the six months just traveling around. Mm. The usual, you know, backpack and just travel, you know, drive through the the, the, the outback. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, it's. Uh, it's pretty easy to get, you know, to get a consistent, you know, job where you can learn and earn a decent living, save up, and then go travel. And Asia is so, it's so easy to get to from here. Yeah. And that's why I said, oh, I, I, I did the first six months. I went back to Italy, and I was like, maybe I gotta go back for another few months, just so you know, the, so that I could complete my visa. So because it's you get a 12 months visa. So yeah, I think we ended up staying. Yeah. Like we came back. Andrea met what is now his wife. Okay. So he didn't want to leave. Yeah. Good old Italian way. Uh, and, and you know, I got interested in, in learning more. Yeah. Um, I was I was gonna leave, and I think it, I had all my tickets to to go travel to Thailand for about a month. Uh, and then my brother was getting married. So it was everything was planned out already, but. I met Chris Lucas uh, two weeks before I was going to leave and he told me he was going to open an Italian restaurant. I was a massive fan of Chinchi. Chin. Yeah. Yes. I was like, oh, this guy wants to do Italian. I want to see what he wants to do. Like, he's he's got to have a different angle to it that I've, I've got to be here. And he's like, maybe if you want to come to the production kitchen, you can cook lunch for us and then we can talk about it. And I thought, you know, I've got to leave anyway. I'll just go. Yeah. If he doesn't like it, Fine, I'm leaving. What did you cook? I think I did a couple of pastas. Yeah. Uh, what did I do? I think we did a few like pickles and small, easy, very easy going things like that. Yeah. Uh, we did sort of like a um, like a chicken liver part, parfait sort of thing in a jar. It was pretty pretty straightforward stuff, yeah. you know. But I was uh, like most Italians, pretty naive at the time too. I thought I knew a lot about food. You know? Uh, I had been in the kitchen for almost probably nine years at the time. I was only 24. Yeah, I, oh, I started wow. at 15. Yeah. 
so I was all pumped, you know, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And he ended up offering me the, sort of the head chef, you could say the head chef position for the baby. Yes. They had everything sort of planned already because we the production kitchen and, and, and all the system and all the you know, amazing chefs that they have. Yeah. They, they didn't really, really need someone to like design everything from the ground up. They had an idea already of what was going to happen, so they needed someone to be there, run the restaurant. Day, yeah. day by day, so that was. Uh, it's pretty, but 24 oh, is still quite young to be oh, doing that, isn't mm, it? Mm. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. I was, I thought I had about three days when I thought I can do it. You know, I've, I've got it. Like I'm gonna smash it. You know, I'm just gonna do an amazing job. But uh, and I ended up staying in the same position for almost three years. Yes. So they they must have been. <laughs> kind of happy <laughs> you know if, if anything they must have thought you know at least he's, he's keeping it together yeah you know? uh, so what are but, some of the things that were the most challenging in that role I uh, never have really had other than that experience in Greece I never really had a senior position where I was in charge of anyone and when we opened baby we had 16 chefs on the roster yeah uh, and they were most of them you know sort of in the journey into like finding a way to make it work because it was pretty high volume at the beginning we we serve five or six hundred people in, in a busy day so going from yeah going from going from you know the small even the the, the highest standard of like michelin star cooking when you're only cooking for like 15 people in, in a day to like mass no you could say mass produced but it was like high volume you know yeah and that was another interesting thing about melbourne you know i've never seen a restaurant you know, when I first saw Chinchin and saw the numbers they were doing, I was like, oh, this must be a joke. When they said, ah, oh, they're serving like five or six hundred people a day, I thought that was a, a joke. Yeah. But then I, yeah. It's incredible, So it, it was uh, shocking, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Wow. So I, I spent the following two years basically there every day. Yeah. Uh, it was impossible for me not to be there. Just like the stress of all of that going on, you know. Absolutely. So, and then after definitely. after baby, where did you go? So after baby, after it was almost at the third year mark, I was, you could say maybe a little bit burnt out. Mm. Uh, I was still not surprising. <laughs> yeah, I was still like, yeah, because I was really like even now I'm really I love cooking. Yeah. With my like touching the stuff with my hands and working with great produce, yeah. that kind of stuff. And and in that position, it was more like managing 50 people you don't have the energies to like you don't have any fuel in the tank left at the end of the day to just like stay in the kitchen and cook something nice for a special the day after because then once you've got a special in your mind you've got to instruct seven people how to do it oh yes and it takes you like five days yeah so it takes the joy out of it <laughs> yeah i think because the thing is also the fact that i was very young Mm. 25, you know, 24, yeah. 25. Uh, most people wouldn't really be happy to take orders from uh, from no. 25 years old. I, I gave it my best, uh, but yeah, I think that no nobody really wanted to take orders from 25 years old. You know, and when you get to true services where you're punching out like dockets after docket after docket. Uh, you need someone in that position to be really strong and to have a couple of sous chefs that are there committed to like keeping everything under control. And yeah, I could never really do that, you know what I mean? It was all that my head. 
Yeah, so did you take a step back when after three years or what? Uh, so what I did was uh, uh, Benjamin Cooper was still the executive chef at, at Chichi and he noticed that I was uh, sort of keeping it together but you know I was having a bit of a hard time. Uh, so he stepped in a little bit to help and he said, you know, sort of put it out there, he said maybe you can come and have a bit of fun at Chichi with me. Uh, and I, at the beginning, I didn't really want to do that because it was stubborn, you know, like a little dog holding on to the bone. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to break my teeth, but I'm not going to let go. Yeah. But then somehow, you know, I convinced me to do that. They got, they hired a new executive chef for baby. So for me, I, I, it was impossible to work on him after all that time, you know. Yeah. This was like, I'm going to let him do it. Yeah. He's going to take care of it probably better than I can. Yeah. So I spent the next two and a half years at Chinchi. Oh, okay. Nice. With Thai food. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. yeah, I was, I was I was there by I was blown away by by the food. Mm. I absolutely love that. I love it now. I think Asian food is probably my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that. Like because I cook Italian food all the time. So yeah. when I'm home, I go to. The food. It's so yeah, it's really different, isn't it, with the salty and the yeah, all the citrus and the, and, the, and the freshness. And, and I was like, what is all this like coconut and like lemongrass? Like half of the ingredients I've never seen. Yeah. But so I was there, and I thought I've got to really work on my on my people management skills. I was bummed, you know. I was yeah. really bummed out. I was like. You try to control, not control, but make all these people work together and they can't be bothered by listening to you. Yeah. It's like, I gotta work on that, you know. So it's like the food, yes, whatever I could learn about Asian food was a class. Yeah. But yeah, I think Chin Chin really gave me that. Yeah. So, what position did you have at Chin Chin? I was, a, you could say, junior sous chef. Yeah. Sous chef. But they, uh, at the time, they didn't really have super well like, defined positions. But there was a team of probably five or six of us yeah. committed okay. to their running the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I think there's a little bit of a funny story there. Uh, I got in the first day. And everyone knew it was the, you could say, the head chef of baby, you know, so everyone's looking at me, you know, I always felt really embarrassed. And, <laughs> and the sous chef at the time, is a Korean guy, I'm a, I'm a great friend with him now, but he was sort of trying to push me around a little bit, and he's like, are you cooking stuff meal today? And I was like, okay, I didn't like my first day, you don't even know where everything is. And I was like, all right, how many people are cooking for? And he said, 60. Yeah, they had 60 people working at any time. <laughs> oh my god. And I was like, oh my god, am I gonna do now? Like, I remember like walking downstairs to the courtroom and like my heart like pounding. Yeah. Like, Everyone is gonna think I'm a bloody idiot. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna look at me going, who is this guy? So I thought I gotta make a really good staff meal. And I opened the courtroom and like 80% of the ingredients I wouldn't even know. <laughs> like, yeah. I knew like little bits and pieces, sure. you know. Is, you use the little occasional Thai basil, but. All this like ginger and coconut cream, and I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? And I ended up you know, sort of making it happen somehow, but it was definitely no, Chinchi was absolutely amazing. Yeah. I had the best time. Yeah, wow. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And so after that, you, what happened then? So then uh, I was, that was like three years ago. Okay. Four years ago now. Uh, so my girlfriend was pregnant with our first baby. 
So that was pretty shocking in itself too, and amazing at the same time. Um, and I thought, you know, because even Chichi was pretty high, what do you say, high octane. Like yeah. we were like always like pushing so hard and working so hard. And I was, I wanted to be there. Like if something was wrong and then they called me, I would have like come back. To the and I thought, you know, maybe this is a little bit too much. I want to be around with my girlfriend. I've got a baby now. So we went through a bit of a time where we had to move the house. And I was working full time and she was pregnant and all that. And then I was like, yeah, this has been pretty amazing. They had a time where they renovated. The, the kitchen and the restaurant needed a bit of refresh because it was falling apart, <laughs> you could say. So I thought maybe this is the time, you know. This is a bit of a cut-off time. I can just leave, so when they come back, I won't be here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, it's not like they needed me to be there, but for me, you know, I thought I've got to finish what I'm doing and then move on. Um, so I've, I've helped out Andrea, who's my business partner here now. He's also a co-owner of Plus 39, the pizza shop around the corner. It's here on Liederberg Street. Okay. Uh, so he called me up and he said, I'm opening a, a second venue. Everybody, anyone that you can help, can help do that. And I was like, maybe I'll do it. Yeah. So he was pretty happy too, to be, you know, to, I think they've opened it and they ran it for a few months and then I, and I ended up jumping in and helped them. So I, I did that for probably a year and something. And then through the people behind Plus 39, the, the family that's behind Plus 39, they they got they got in touch with the family. They own this place and and they bought it. So I didn't know there's all these families that own. Yeah, <laughs> must be. So there, is there a thing in Melbourne that lots of families own restaurants? Yeah, I think I think it's 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 common with uh, groups of people that have other businesses. Okay. And they decide to they just get together and they've got a little bit of money, they like the trade, they like you know, they know the people in, in the communities. Yeah. Well, that's just, oh so it's always been Italian. Yeah, yeah. So this this building here it was uh, called Chow Pizza Napoli okay. before we renovated. Uh, it was here from nineteen eighty eight. And it was the, the same family uh, they had in another place called uh, Chow Pizza mm. on Russell Street, where Embla is now. They used to own that building, both okay. upstairs and downstairs. Okay. So that was before the, the, oh, the other people did what the amazing things they're doing now. I know, yes. they, they used to own it, like, till probably, it was like, nine, five, six years ago now. Yeah. Uh, so these, they, had it, they had that and these at the same time for a few years. Mm. Then they ended up selling that. And this was the sort of going through retirement or towards a retirement plan, you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And so this is another shift again for you to be a part owner. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, yeah. how has that changed? Has it changed the way that you do things? Are you still uh, on the, like, touching the food and cook, oh, on yeah. the pans? No, still no, yeah. So I, I came on board with the premise that that would what was I want to do? Yeah, it's like I want to run my own small place. I, you know, I've got two kids now. Uh, yeah, so I think it's you just get to the point when you go, you know, now I'm really gonna push it yeah. a little bit. I've got to go. I've been doing my thing, but now it's time to really like yeah. give it a bit of a push. So I was on the hunt for the opportunity, 
And you know, the amazing people behind this gave me the opportunity to be here, so that's been really amazing. But I think I've always had this sort of sense of ownership anywhere away. So that's in a way, I don't know if you could call that anxiety driven or yeah. is it a professionality? I don't know what it is, it's just like I couldn't do anything but work as the place was mine. Yeah, but that's good though. Like, I mean, that's a level of commitment, isn't it, or engagement yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah, and, yeah, So I think that probably helped with when I jumped in here. Yeah, I didn't really feel any pressure because I thought, oh, this feels just like another day of work, you know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Like I've, I've sort of realized once we reopened here, yeah, because obviously you have the occasional sleepless night, you know, before you reopen and go in, you know, are we going to mark it up or <laughs> are we going to be able to do it? Because, you know, the, the bills keep breaking up. Yeah, of course. You know, like the restaurant isn't open yet, so you go, Jesus, like this yeah, is getting yeah, out yeah. of hand. But it's all part of, you know, the whole experience, yeah. which is also why I feel lucky that uh, I can do this with with the group of people that really have control of the numbers and all of that so they can you can call them and say what are we doing you know and they always have an answer so that's an amazing outside for us yeah yeah i could never do it i couldn't have the restaurant by myself not right now that's yeah. But then I like the, I like it that you're that you're doing it with your friends and that there's a sense of community and almost yes. like a family now, aren't they? Really? That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. So yeah. there's a few people involved, and uh, it's good. And so, what kinds of things are going to be on your menu? Have you been working on? So I think we've we've been we've been sort of uh, working on this menu for. Well, I could say in my head for, for years now yeah. because you know you always. You always put all of the dishes that you like into that sort of memory space where you go one day oh, I want to put this on the menu. I think that's pretty common, but uh, we wanted to do something that felt like a Melbourne restaurant serving Italian food more than an Italian restaurant sort of copy pasted from from Italy anyway. Because uh, I think we're in a different position. Like I understand if uh, someone from Melbourne goes on a trip to, to Italy, they see something that they really like and they get inspired by that. But for us, we it also makes sense. We moved to Melbourne, yes. so it's got to be something that it's Melbourne. I don't want to be nostalgic of the, the times and the place where I come from, because I live here now, so this is this is it. Yeah. So that's, that's So it's going to be 100% very strong, like Italian-driven, but... Yeah, we don't we don't overuse I think Italian terms on the menus. We we chose a uh, an, an English sounding name for for the place. So we called it the Arbor Club. We went through the redesign of the of the, of the branding and all of that a couple of times. So the, the designer wasn't very happy with having to scrape everything and start again. But we yeah we thought we give it an Italian name and then I thought you know this is not it doesn't feel right yeah. it feels like uh, why do I have to like I'm, I'm I'm from sort of you could say now I'm, I live in Melbourne yeah. I'm Italian but it's, I've got to do something Australian you know? I like the sign it's a bit sort of old school looking you know it's a bit retro yeah it is so I think that's the with the feed out that was uh, which we changed our minds probably before we started renovating, uh, mostly because we thought that we were gonna do something fast casual, mm. very, very so fast casual. Uh, so we wanted to land anywhere in between a pizza pasta place and 
what the amazing people like Tipo uh, Zero and Australia are doing, so they're more like almost fine dining. Yes. We wanted to do something a little bit in between where the quality of the food that you get it's amazing, but it's really easy going. Yeah. Uh, so the branding was different and all of that was a lot more. Yeah, but then we found quite a rich history in the building and with the, the clientele that have been coming here for almost 30 years. Yeah. So we thought we gotta we gotta make something that feels a little bit more timeless and classic. Something that we can give twenty another twenty years and it will still feel sort of you know the same. Yeah. You know. And so clientele that have been coming here for 30 years mm -hmm. are they still going to come yeah they so what we're doing now so what we did in the last few days we opened the doors just for them so the restaurant is currently operating uh, you could say under the radar yeah so we got we're gonna launch the restaurant on the 28th uh, of October so about because they've been waiting for the restaurant to reopen uh, we've got a pretty solid group of people that the They'll come here, you could say, almost every day and then have lunch. So we sort of, uh, that was one of the decisions we had to have a, a separate menu for lunch and dinner. Something more like a, the, the lunch menu to feel more like an extract of the dinner menu. So that, yeah, the whole clientele could still feel at home. But we had to sort of slowly, slowly, you know, little by little, like evolve it to where we wanted to be. But, it's gonna take us a while, but I think it was uh, in the spirit of hospitality too, right? Yeah. Like you can, I bought this place 12 months ago, and I won't, I, don't, I won't come in and disrespect people that have been coming in for 30 plus, or 25 years, or 20 years, or even five years, you know? So we thought we gotta respect that, that's, it's that spot. Uh, so we fit the sort of halfway between our idea and that idea. Um, and that's gonna, you know, slowly we, we're gonna, we can take it to whatever we want it to be. But we still got space on, you know, the dinner menu to do whatever we want because they won't be, almost none of them will be here yeah, for dinner. <laughs> no, they don't. They, they, don't. Yeah. they linger around, they have lunch and they stay till 3, 4 o'clock sometimes. Um, and then it feels dinner. like that kind of, I can see that happening. It feels, it feels like that sort of place. It looks kind of... I'll take you European, you but yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so what we did is before we renovated, there was a big pizza oven where we're sitting oh, right okay. now, facing that way with a big like bar around. Okay. And the bar was on the corner over there. I'll show you around yeah, in a yeah. second. Um, so we thought we really want to have a bit of a corner right nearby the entrance yeah. where people can come in and just have a glass of wine yeah. if they want. Uh, just give it that sort of uh, yeah. Italian bar feel mm. a little bit with, you know, sitting at the bench where you can have a little Negroni or a glass of wine or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so you don't, you almost don't cross paths with people sitting in the restaurant. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. Right? Because who yeah. wants to walk through a restaurant to go to yeah. a bar? Mm. Um, so that's the reason behind the bar here near the entrance. Uh, and and the dining room, you know, being a little bit separated in terms of like the space too. The ceiling drops down a bit between the bar and the, and the dining room, so that creates a bit of separation there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we stripped down the head paneling on on the ceiling, just like those, like really low, like office looking, like yeah, yeah. Stuff. 
So we stripped it back and we found all these beams and stuff like that. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, so we hopefully want to be doing, you know, Italian. You could be sort of more on the casual side uh, with a menu that's designed for people to come in and order all their favorite dishes and they share it if they want to that would be our preference but of course if someone doesn't want to share that's fine we've got the menu designed around that uh, it will probably be around 30, 30 items wow that's a big menu so it's pretty big yeah uh, so yeah that's gonna be a lot on, on, on myself and the boys in the kitchen to yeah. put it off how many in the kitchen? Uh, will probably be at any given time probably four plus a kitchen end in there or two uh, depending on how busy we get, but uh, the idea is because the menu is fairly simple in nature. Like it's not, we didn't really want to have anyone in the kitchen, you know, having to use tweezers and stuff like that. We wanted to be a bit more. Because I think that's that's a bit of an untold story of Italian food too. Uh, I mean, you can go to Venice and, and go to these amazing hotels where. Uh, waiters are you know, dressed and they have white gloves and they serve you the most amazing you know, food. Uh, but also you can step out of the, the hotel, take a right and a left and you're in a alleyway yeah. and there's a little family restaurant where the food is definitely not, or the ambience is definitely not the same, but you can get an experience that is just as good. Yeah. The Osteria is, you know, the Trattoria is the really, really tiny family run restaurants. Uh, so that's, a, I feel that's still a little bit of a, an untold story, like everyone wants to do Italian food and be classy and polished and everything to be, you know, marble and, and, and steel and, and there's a place for that and I absolutely love that, but I thought, what can we do that's not, because also, you know, we're surrounded by all these amazing Italian Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so we thought we're going to end up stepping on people's toes and, you know, we're definitely going to keep up with them. So we said, let's play our own game. Let's make it plentiful and make the food to be craveable and like a high seasoning. It's fun to be shared, uh, accessible. And so the people can come in and really order five or six dishes. So Perfect. that's the plan. We'll see if we can pull it off. Right, I'm excited. I'll send you a copy of the menu, but yeah, it's it's fairly simple. I would say. I don't know how to. It's pretty always hard for a chef to. How do you get? Oh, started? I know, I know. It always feels like a. I made that mistake like with a, a Dave at, at Laser saying, "What's your style?" And I've I made remember. that mistake twice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's. Um, if anything, is not our place to define what we do. I think no. it's our place to do what we do. Yes. Uh, to do, you know. Just try and make our stuff and, and, and the, yeah, the people that come through the door happy. And then it's for uh, you know, the, the media, whoever wants to have a, have a word about it, to, yeah. to tell us if A, if they like it, because obviously we've got to deal with people, and yeah. B, if whatever style they want to call it, you know, they're most likely going to end up being, say, an Italian restaurant. We don't want it to be. I mean, probably if, if you got to decide, how you define it, it's definitely not going to be more than Australian, it's going to be an Italian restaurant, but yeah. yeah, we're just trying to stay away from from the from the definition of Italian per se. Let's see what broadsheet and concrete playground come up with. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to think about us, but 
Yeah, hopefully, I think we can give an alternative, right? Yeah. Uh, we know that there's plenty of restaurants, but one of which, a couple of which is probably the favorite restaurant I've ever bought. Ah, is it the Thai place? Well, you know, yeah, people yeah, can yeah, come yeah, in, and it's like five or six people that will just come in and have a bottle of wine. Yeah, nice you, you don't really so necessarily have to feel like you got to go home, get dressed for the occasion. No, that's right. You know, I'm not inviting people to come here barefoot, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, you know what I mean? Like, just come after work, you know, there's a, you can, if you, if you want to do that, that's fine. You can sit at the bar, uh, have a quick bite and then just go. So we got to make it fun, I think, interesting. And see if we can push on the, the sharing bit a bit. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem to happen much for Italian restaurants. It's more like, you know, Entre main yeah. sort of deal. Okay. So if you can just come in out of 30 dishes, I'll, if, I will be glad if you find seven or eight that you like really like the sound of it really makes you go, I want to taste that. Mm. And you just that's what we're going to say. You just come in, choose all your favorite dishes, and then the waiters will help you yeah. get older. Like you can maybe make our, uh, try and you know serve half portions if we can. That's going to be a bit of a challenge always, but well, they will help you get as many as possible. Right? And then they get the, the dishes get to the table when they're ready hot from the kitchen. You know they come straight out. Yeah. Uh, we'll try obviously not to pile up the food on the yeah. table to make it too messy, but that's the idea. You know, share it like eat with your hands a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Perfect. Thank you. That's okay. You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com or follow me on Instagram so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.